This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 2022, let's focus on rituals we look forward to rather than routines we won't stick to. Tim, have you ever heard about functional mushrooms? Functional mushrooms. Yeah, not not just the kind you find in the supermarket. They have adaptogens, which act on a cellular level to help bring your mind and body to balance. You can support mood, energy, gut health, and even experience better sleep and immune system strength with an adaptogen routine. Enter Wonder Day Mushroom Gummies, the world's first and best mushroom gummy that combines the power of 10 research-backed adaptogenic mushrooms, including lion's mane, reishi, and changa. Uh, chaga, I think is, is how it's pronounced. There's no end there. Incravably chef-crafted pre-dose gummies that taste like a juicy, juicy raspberry. We dare you to eat just two a day. Tim, I do eat only two a day, but let me tell you, I want to eat more because they are very delicious. You've always mentioned that. Uh, increase your energy levels with cordyceps and maitake, which ramp up ATP production. That's like, uh, we learned about that in biology class. I won't bore you with the details about ATP, but I remember that phrase. Alien versus predator. No, that's AVP. Uh. Go to try.plantpeople.co slash everything to get 15% off your first order with code everything. That's T-R-Y dot P-L-A-N-T P-E-O-P-L-E dot C-O slash E-V-E-R-Y-T-H-I-N-G. Love feeling wonderful or your money back. and welcome to The Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tim, and I'm here with a guy who's not Tom. It's true. Uh, Tom Tom is on assignment this week. He'll be back next week. What is his, um, uh, what's his assignment, Tim? I'm dying to know what his assignment is. It's, you'll see, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an important assignment. It's an um, enlightening assignment. He's on a bender. He's Andrew, okay. he's on a bender, and we're worried about him. <laughs> I thought you were going to um, say he's on a Vipassana retreat. I was like, that's an enlightening... Uh, Ten days of silence for Tom? I can't imagine it. <laughs> he could do it, I think. Our guest this week is the host of the wonderful podcast, Punch Up the Jam. Um, you know him from the Gregory Brothers. You know him from being a guy I know around the neighborhood. <laughs> Andrew Gregory. I think even even years ago, for longtime fans of the pod, I think I appeared on at least one After Dark episode. It's been a long Ooh. time, but we I recorded it at Tom's house. Uh, beers were had. It was wild. Beers were had. Beers were had. Um, yeah. yeah. We talked about uh, Forrest Gump. No. The name of the episode was Andrew Gregory v. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I don't recall any episodes of, or I don't recall any opinions I've ever had about Forrest Gump, and I'm excited to go back and listen to the episode. Is that true? I mean, I, I guess I liked it when I first saw it. I know you were know. adamant against you were you were you were adamantly against um, the existence of the film Forrest Gump. I think you guys have really. I think largely my opinion on Forrest Gump is based on yours and Tom's, frankly. I think we've spent many years like working each other into a frenzy about how Forrest Gump is like the center of 
boomer passion and like the soundtrack that you loved as a 12 year old is like this actually this vapid commercial object and really we were just rehashing in in public on that episode a conversation that you know we had many many times at parties before yeah but i don't think would um, you think i was the inventor of that theory i feel like i i feel like i was just your guy's disciple it's hard to say like you said beers were had at the time um this was this was a while ago. This was pre Patreon. This was this was uh, the yeah. complete guide to everything after dark. A weird mini series. Um, so if I I understand correctly, Tom is remaking Forrest Gump right now. Am I am I following this correctly? That's his assignment. Uh, it's a complicated situation. Could you imagine Tom going full like uh, the boomer sellout? You know, th- we've talked about this for for years, <laughs> and now that now that boomers are becoming more uh, technologically savvy, or maybe podcasting has become easier, yeah, um, like more accessible. Should we go after that sweet sweet boomer demographic? Yeah. Really cater to them, like in a political Fox News kind of huh. situation, right? Well, uh, maybe you just do twenty episodes in a row about the different songs from the Forrest Gump soundtrack. You know what? Yeah, you know, not they, a bad soundtrack. They go into their Apple Music, they search for. Help me out here. What's the song from the Forrest Gump soundtrack? Fortunate Son. They search. You'll for never Fortunate believe Son. what that sound yes. soundtracks. And then here come Tim and Tom. You know barreling down your ear holes but I, you yeah. know what i've gone off on a diversion you were you were talking about that and i'm now the host of a new podcast punch up the jam i i diverted the energy back to my my days back on uh the complete guide to everything after dark but you just came on to punch up the jam i'm a new podcast host i'm a, I'm a new hand you and tom are old hands and you guys were very generous you guys actually came in and did our first record session with us because we were, we're so nervous about starting it. it it's, uh, it's in the middle of this, our first season. I think it's episode six, but you guys came in and showed us the ropes. It was very generous of you. You had us on uh, graciously. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, you had us on because uh, the song you were discussing uh, was Billy Joel Adjacent. Yes. And who better to speak about Billy Joel than than myself and Tom? Yeah, some IIOs were had. I I I yo. Um yeah, uh that, that it was it was it was a lovely time. Uh, I would urge everybody. Hey, we're doing the plugs right up top. Everybody go <laughs> check out Punch Up the Jam. Um Andrew But and not for me. Check Adam. it out for Tim. Check it out for Tim and Tom. They were great. Check it out for all of us. <laughs> um Andrew, how you doing this week? I'm I'm doing okay. I mean, I I'm, honestly, this is what I've been looking forward to all week. This 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 is great. This is fantastic. Well, well, then a peek behind the curtain. I'm sorry I screwed you on so many scheduling conflicts. I feel like I, I just kept I was Lucy with the football. I, I kept I kept giving you times and being like, oh, I'll be able to do it, and then I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, my my son doesn't nap at the times that I need him to nap, and if I was doing this with a baby on my lap, Andrew. This would be chaos. This would be chaos. This would be bad. Well, I'll I'll try to really slip in for Tom here and just say, you know, the, all not all the problems were on your end, Tim, because we had a pretty solid time last night. But unfortunately, I own a new Macintosh computer. 
oh, these Christ. software updates. Yeah, and you're it, talking about the Marvel it, Cinematic Universe It next? broke my whole DAW, and I couldn't record last night on my new MacBook. Oh, brother. Yeah. Andrew. Is that, that's, that's, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good Tom, right? It was a pretty good Tom. Exasperated, <laughs> talking about technology. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, like I said, Tom is on assignment. We'll we'll get to we'll get to that some other time. Um, but Andrew, you're not the first guest host we've had in in the past few months. I was out on paternity leave. Yeah. And, um, and we had a mutual friend of ours, Christine, who I I I know as the chef. You call her Christine. Chef. I call her the chef. I call her Christine. Her Christian name. Yeah. And uh, what I'll say is that it's my understanding that you asked the chef to come in and pinch it for Tom again this week. And for uh, reasons we won't relay, she was incapable of doing so. And I I, I don't have any uh, illusions that I can fill Tom's generous, complete guide to everything hosting shoes. But I do hope that in this single episode... I can make all of your fans adore me more than they ever adored Christine as a guest host. And I hope that I can make your fans, dare I say it, clamor for me to be your number one replacement host instead of Christine. Dare I said it. That's a tall order. People really liked Christine, even though behind my back she talked smack about me. Um, so I'm rooting for you, Andrew. Oh, wow. Well, I, um, I mean, look what I'm doing to Tom. I mean, what? That you, you're saying that you can't feel his shoes. I'm, well, I'm talking, yeah, but I'm also talking smack behind his back with, you know, with the MacBooks and, you know, I'm going to be talking about the Black Widow movie before the end of the episode for sure. Yeah. And off mic before you called him a dimwit. <laughs> it's pretty harsh. I, I, I didn't you. say, I didn't say he was a dimwit, Tim. I said he was a dimly lit bulb. Ooh. Uh, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Yeah, well, every Leatherman has to have at least one spoon, Tim. Every Leatherman needs a spoon. So, you're coming at Christine. You're coming for Christine. I'm coming at Christine, but I, it's kind of a double-edged sword because even though I'm coming at Christine, I want to be your enemy. I want your fans to like me so much that they maybe even dislike Christine a little bit that in hindsight, they're kind of like... Was that a good run Christine had as a guest host? But at the same time, I adore Christine, and I I couldn't help think of her when you asked me. Like, I even said, well, why don't you just get Christine? And uh, <laughs> What I, did I say to you? You said, yeah, she can't do it. I asked her first. <laughs> I said, Sorry, yeah. I didn't know if I And I said, yeah, you should. She's, she's really great. Um, but uh, I, even, I even chose, in Christine's honor... A, a subject that Christine loves. Your fans might not know that Christine's one of Christine's favorite things is Coney Island. So even as I'm trying to displace uh, Christine, I, I couldn't help but choose a topic that she loves. Well, I could see I, I you could see that as a tribute, but you could also say it's it's kind of rubbing it in her face, right? She wanted to come on and do a, a topic that was near and dear to her heart at all times, right? Wow. And she's cycled through them, right? She she went. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, I think they yeah. did one where she solved people's problems, you know, that she yeah. loves hearing about people's problems. I frankly didn't listen to the rest of them. I'm sure there were others <laughs> that were right up her alley as well. She did uh, like um, How to Make Adult Friends, I think. I, oh, yeah. You know, that's a, that's ironic that it's, that it's three adult friends talking about each other here. But, well, I, I mean, I, I guess you're right. If she's not a regular listener of the podcast, if, I'm not sure if she is, 
very, it very well could be that the very next time you call her to get her to guest host, she would jump with joy and excitement and say, I'm so glad you asked me again. I was so disappointed that I had to miss last time and Andrew host instead of me. And now I can finally do my fourth most favorite topic, Coney Island. And right. the, just the dagger in the back when you say, I'm sorry, that's exactly the topic Andrew chose. Exactly. Maybe this is a single-edged sword, not a double-edged sword. This is straight, straight through her heart. Um, she'll be devastated. I hope, I hope you're <laughs> proud of yourself. Um, I think you have a couple things going against you here. Number one, Christine got drunk during those episodes. Um, and there's nothing our fans love more than uh, than uh, drunken buffoons talking about nothing for an hour. So already, uh, we're ten minutes in. Neither of us is drunk. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's an uphill battle. Um, number two, Andrew, uh, Christine is like a little. She's she. No offense, she's chattier than you. Um, huh. Would you say that's true? Um, I've never thought of that because I think of myself, frankly, as being a quite chatty person. Uh, but as I'm struggling to think of something else to say, I'm asking myself, would I be struggling to think of something to say here if I was a chatty person? It's like a Zen cone. <laughs> well, I'm trying to, what, just circling back around to Tom's enlightenment this week. You think he could do a Vipassana retreat. I don't think he could. How much money do you think you would have to bet Tom to try to do a 10-day silent Vipassana retreat? 10 days silent. All Vipassana retreats are necessarily 10 days and silent. How much money do you think he'd he'd want? I don't think he could could do it. If you ask Tom that, he he would just... Like, if Tom doesn't want to do something, he'll just be like, no, I don't want to take your money. Like, so many times I've tried to bet him thousands of dollars. He's been... He's been adamant that he's right about something that is like a verifiable fact, and we'll we'll have a disagreement, and I'll bet him ten thousand dollars. He refuses his, to take his, a bet. His, his his yeah, he's like I, I wouldn't want to take your money. What a fool and what a jerk! Exactly. This is yeah. why we hate Tom. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I like I said, I I think of myself as being quite a chatty person. Occasionally, Christine and I will just get together, and I I feel like the the gift of gab flows evenly uh, between us, but I, I suppose you know the proof is in the pudding, and you, your fans will have to sort it out which one of us is chattier. You know, I I just thought of a nightmare scenario. What's that? We had, we had Christine in here, freaking filling in for me when I was gone. We got you in here filling in for Tom while he's gone. What if the fans are just like, hey? We, oh my these two freaking God. lunks that we've li- been listening to for the last uh, 12 years i've been thinking about uh, this the wrong way this whole time i don't need to be displacing christine as the favorite guest host i need to form an unholy alliance with christine and we should rest the rss feed from you and tom's hands yeah actually yeah that doesn't sound so bad to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm for it <laughs> You're 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 gonna help. You're gonna be. You're gonna help us out here. You're you're gonna be like our our man behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Go like, go nuts. You'll be ousted, but on the other hand, you'll have the pleasure of seeing Tom be ousted. Yeah, and also like it's less for me to do. <laughs> I think Tom would probably be okay with it too. Wow. You know what? 
maybe subconsciously this is what we were we were aiming for all along wow that i i'm just i'm i'm staggered i'm stuttering like i just what would Christine and I talk about every week? Would we be, would we, you talk about? Would we be allowed to talk about topics that you and Tom have already covered? Sure. I, you want to take um, on batteries? Go nuts. I guess you're not. I guess you can't tell me. I guess we get to pick because we would we would have rested the podcast from your control. Yeah, that's fine. Guess what? As soon as you guys uh, have the password and, and everything and we're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> handed the keys over to you, I'm not sure if we're answering your calls. Andrew, we're not here to talk about you and uh, my other dear friend, Christine, stealing the one thing that I enjoy in life right out from <laughs> under me. We're here to talk about Coney Island, a place that is special to you? It's special to Christine, and I'm trying to take that away from her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so you, you suggested... Um, doing this this topic i didn't know that it was to either it was a hybrid pay tribute to and also stick it to our friend christine yeah, but it, i mean but we've really gone through a, a twist here where now i should be sending her this episode to say like look we're interested in the same topics i'm very good at this as well let's let's get rid of these guys now those those old motives are gone and now there's only the new motive okay and to be clear you know Go ahead and take like if, if you. If <laughs> I'll send you all the information. Um, so, I thought that you were really into Coney Island, and I thought this would be contentious—a contentious episode because I don't really care for Coney Island. Oh, and another thing, you uh, can can I mention your your wonderful um, album that oh, that yeah, recently yeah, dropped, sure. yeah, sketched sure. twice? Yeah, um, Andrew Rose Gregory sketched twice um you you filmed videos for songs on on uh on the record i did and one of the the videos prominently features uh the the cyclone yeah the fam- the most famous of all the all the rides at coney island uh for your listeners who aren't familiar with coney island is the cyclone which is this old wooden roller coaster that's you know a historical landmark etc and is frankly dangerous it shouldn't be allowed to be standing uh people do occasionally break their neck on the ride. That's how bad the ride is. Is that true? Yes. Occasionally people are just on the cyclone, normal people and their bones break. That's how, that's how much this ride sucks, but it's a historical landmark. You can't, you can't change it. And I, I filmed a music video on it where I'm in the ride doing the lip sync to a song, but I, I did the lip sync at a speed where I could put it in slow motion. So me and my wife are on the back of, the cyclone doing it in slow motion. We just snuck a GoPro on and shot the music video. I, How many I, takes? Uh, we did four, which was really pushing it with my wife. She hates any roller coaster. So to take her on Ooh. like the most unpleasant roller coaster you've ever been on four times in a row was really a stretch. And like, and she had set her limit at three. She was like, I'll do three takes. And the third take, our director. Got the f- words. No, the, the our third take the director of photography bless his heart who i've worked with for years and and really love and is great at at his job everyone makes mistakes but everyone makes mistakes he had accidentally switched the camera into photo mode and so we had mm. a stop motion photo of like you know uh of 
what I thought was like, oh, it's the perfect take. And then Stephen was just like, we have to, we have to do it again. And you're just here to throw everybody under the bus this week. You're taking down Christine. You're taking down your DP. You're taking down Tom. Whew. Yeah. And now and now I'm going to take down Coney Island because I mean I don't know Coney Island's fine. I guess I mean the the cyclone is awesome. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I will pump up Coney Island because the, the cyclone one, is awesome. You just said yeah. you, it's the worst roller coaster on neck. earth. It can break your neck. Yeah. Well, because the, what I'll say, other roller coaster, other roller coasters just don't really have a thrill because you know it's safe. When you are on the cyclone, it is a thrill because you know you could die. You're on that roller coaster and you just know your bones could snap. See, I, I fear bodily harm everywhere I go all the time. Okay. So every roller coaster, every, I don't know, car ride, every subway ride, every trip in an elevator i'm terrified uh when is uh, the last time you rode the cyclone tim have you ever ridden the cyclone i don't believe i have ever ridden the cyclone and if i did it was probably when i was like eight or nine years old have you ridden the wonder wheel which is the huge ferris wheel in coney island that's also kind of i have not i do not i do not like ferris wheels have you shot the freak i have shot the freak you want to explain for uh your listeners what shoot the freak is because uh, they, they might be they might be horrified right now you, you shot a freak hey i'm always talking about shooting freaks on this <laughs> thing andrew at coney island uh, uh times square anywhere i'm shooting freaks constantly <laughs> although i think I, although honestly i think shoot the freak is gone i think shoot the freak has been gone for maybe more than 10 years and it was only the first couple times i went to coney island one of them with the chef who you know is christine uh, and I, I regret that I didn't shoot the freak. The freaks tried to get me to shoot the freak. And I was kind of like, this is weird. These men are scary. They're trying to hand me a paintball gun to shoot them for $5. They're wearing a kind of like a, uh, what do you call it? What do you call it? They were wearing a cup. They're wearing a protective cup and like kind of humping yeah. the air, daring you to shoot them in the cup with a paintball gun and saying like, shoot the freak, shoot the freak in the freaking pickle. This, your listeners might think I'm exaggerating, but this is, this is all no. real. And you, do, you like get to shoot them for five dollars, yeah. right? That they're like running around. Yeah, it's in. an empty lot, and, they, and also the guy had like a shield. He's like dodging behind the shield, and he's like humping the air and daring you to shoot him in the pickle. And for five dollars, I think they gave maybe gave you five shots or something. And like at the time, I was like, "There's no way I should do this. This should be illegal. Like this is gross." It's but in retrospect, the paper gun. Yeah, in retrospect, I'm like, I missed an opportunity, and frankly, I. I failed. I fell down on the job of being a job creator. If I had given them five dollars that day for the rest of my life, I could have said I was a job creator. Yeah, exactly. And now the freaks are out of work and <laughs> roaming the streets because of you, because um, you thought you were doing right. the right thing. That's how you get the oh, Elmos in Times Square, hard, Andrew. Yeah, yeah exactly. if I'd shot the freak, we wouldn't have had all these creepy Elmos in Times Square. <laughs> um, yeah, are you a fan of the Jackass films? the the franchise, the Jackass franchise. I am. I I can't say that I'm a deep fan, Tim. I watched the te- the television show, but I, I think okay. I've seen the first movie, but I haven't seen the most recent movie. Okay, I do, haven't seen the most recent movie either. Um, do they shoot the freak only in theater? No, they don't. But I just feel like that whole thing. I mean, that was probably that probably honestly predated, right? You got to think that was there in the '90s. I think um, shoot the freak. Yeah, I feel like the people of Coney... The, I mean, Coney Island is just... It just has this weird vibe. There's, like, weird parades there where there's all these naked people and just, like, 
There are cops there, but nobody says anything. There's like weird breweries. There's all these tattoo shops that have been there since before tattoos were like cool or before tattoos were legal in New York City. There's the polar bear plunge, which I did one year. I went to Coney Island and ran into the ocean uh, on the, in the winter on the, first, on the first of January. Yeah, it was like it was like two p.m. on January first. Uh, I remember it, seeing that you did that, and it, I didn't know what the hell was going. on. It was bracing. I didn't think you were the type. No, why not? I don't know because you, th- you think I'm not awake no by offense. two p.m. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Um, it seems like a stupid thing. Um, <laughs> You think I'm too smart to run into the ocean? I think so. I don't know. I feel like I feel like going into cold water has become very popular lately. It's even goopy. The the goop heads are in cold water. I feel like a lot of people talk about the healthiness of running into cold water. Uh, I I, I think and it's great. It was great. We all love goop. We all love wellness. <laughs> um, it's. It's great, but you don't need to go there on New Year's Day of all days. I think it's also because I I've traditionally have been a guy um, before I, I, I grew up where I went hard on New Year's Eve, right? Where it's just yeah. like, you know, it's the most I, 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 most alcohol I drink. Yeah. Um, I'm a silly mess, and I uh, get into bed at 5 a.m. feeling like crap. And then the idea of getting up, you know, at the crack of 2 p.m. the next day and running into the cold wintry waters yeah getting on the subway uh, for an hour or driving for 45 minutes to coney island to run into cold water it was pretty fun i i like evan and i i did it with my brother we made friends in line who were giving us like shots of bourbon and we ran into the ocean with them and i had this big russian fur hat on it was, it was fun we were in very briefly like the real coney island heads you could tell were like just in the water for like 15 20 30 minutes evan and i were just like yeah in and out it was mostly just for the instagram likes right and how, how'd you do on the on the gram oh crushed they crushed okay. so many likes hey, yeah d- number one did you did you knock the hat off as you were running into the water i think i gave so it didn't get one yeah i gave the hat to my wife because i felt i felt very dedicated to the idea of going under i was like if i'm gonna drive all the way to coney island i'm gonna run in. oh yeah i'm not just gonna go waist deep you gotta go all the way under this is a fur hat. It's actually a Mongolian fur hat that I purchased in Mongolia, brought home in my suitcase. I'm not going to put a Mongolian fur hat that I brought halfway around the world underwater in salt water. Left it with my wife, dried off, put the hat back on for the pictures, which crushed on Instagram. Nice. It's a good Number two, hat. was it worse in the water or when you came out of the water? I want to say it was worse when I got out of the water, but it's just not true. When you're in waist deep in that icy cold Atlantic water, it's it's not. We I, we were in there pretty briefly. Like I, we might have been in there shorter than a minute just to get in waist deep and go under and get back out. Uh, but it was. Um, I really did for the rest of the day. I I'll just say I felt great. I don't know if it's the adrenaline rush. I don't know if it does something to your blood the way the blood goes to your brain. But just all day, I was like. Wow, I, I just I just feel so such a zest for life. I should be doing this every day, jumping in cold water. But I people do it. People do the plunge every day. They have they have special like plunge tanks in their backyards in the suburbs no. or whatever. No, yeah. Talk about wellness and talk about Instagram and talk about goop. Wow, I gotta you gotta it. you gotta do some. Uh, uh, are you a Tim Ferriss man? See, 
if you really want to take Tom's place, you gotta you gotta you gotta get into Tim Ferriss. I don't know. I don't think I even know who Tim Ferriss no, is. Tim Ferriss is. He's, I mean, first, he's I got to get a yard to put a plunge pool in. Exactly. Do Do you ever see yourself? I mean, not for the. Well, maybe to get a plunge pool. Do you think you'll ever be like, "Hey, guess what? New York City. As much as I love the proximity to Coney Island, <laughs> I need to get out of the city because I need a dang plunge pool." Well, what I'll ask you is, how often do you find like? With some frequency, you just find yourself looking around at different apartments, even though you're happy where you are. And mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, I could live in that neighborhood of New York. I could live in this neighborhood of New York. And when you think about New York, you know, you think about Midtown, Times Square, or like you think about where we live, like, ah, cool, chic, hipster Brooklyn. But like New York contains multitudes. We could just move to Coney Island. Or if we wanted to live a little bit of a classier place on the beach, we could we could move to the Rockaways in Queens. Have you ever looked... At apartment prices in the Rockaways in Queens, Tim? I had a friend who lived in a bungalow yeah. uh, in the Rockaways. We could rent a bungalow in the Rockaways. I wouldn't have to have a plunge pool. I'd just walk to the beach every morning. The Rockaways That's is true. nice. That's what this guy Co- did. Coney Island is kind of, I mean, I don't think Christine would say, but I'm going to say it. Coney Island is kind of trashy, and that's why you go. You go there to, like, ride the rides, eat a bunch of fried seafood, maybe a hot dog. I guess you and Christine wouldn't do that because you're vegetarians, but Nathan's famous hot dogs is from Coney Island originally. That's where the big hot dog eating contest is on July 4th. Which oh, I, we, which, got, we got, well, we're going to talk about that, my okay. friend. But like Coney Island is kind of like the tr- the trashy New York City beach that like I guess was a, a nice kind of resorty theme park in the 20s and it now is like where the freaks, the shoot the freak guys go. But the Rockways is nice. I, I can imagine living in a bungalow there. How did it turn out for your friend? Did it, how did it work out for him in the winter? I feel like in the summer, you're like, I'm a genius. I'm living in the Rockways. I'm going in the ocean every day. I feel like in January, you're like, I haven't seen my friends in four months. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that was a little bit by design for him. So I think he was fine with it. Um, but also, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, isolating it's also weird there andrew don't don't pretend like it's not weird in the rockaway a little bungalow in the rockaways you don't think the what's weird what's weird about the rockaways you're the long island guy you might you might know it a little better than i how dare you the (laughs) long island guy (laughs) i said you're trying to shed that uh that association and here you are dragging me in uh, invite me on your show to talk Billy Joel. Uh, t- 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 telling me to tell you the weird things about the Rockway. I don't know. It's just like, uh, it, I felt like when I went to visit my friend, like everybody was like peering out from their bungalows and sizing me up. You know mm. what I mean? It's like one of those they don't like, uh, they don't take to, to, to strangers down there. Yeah. To outsiders. Yeah, I hear you. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, I'll tell you what happened to Coney Island. You can see what happened to Coney Island um, just uh, by reading the headings on on the Wikipedia page, and that's how you know it was cursed because it was it was uh, like you said, it was like a resorty kind of like uh, you know it was it was never like super high class, but it was it was a destination. Um, and then uh, then there's you know that's like the early twentieth, the, the late. Uh, 19th century early 20th century okay and then the next heading is robert moses era okay and then the heading after that fred trump era so it's just like 
no. Oh, I see the precipitous decline from from you know as 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 the decades go on. Oh man, it just keeps getting worse and, and worse. Then, the then people w- who took an interest in Coney Island just uh, not the dudes you want running yeah. things. The, the heading right after Fred Trump era is the subheading just says last scene of the warriors. I want to take a moment to tell you about a podcast I suspect you'll like, This Day in Esoteric Political History from Radiotopia. It's a long title, but it's a short podcast. Each episode is about 15 minutes long. Three times a week, the show looks at one moment from U.S. history that took place on that day. Some of the stories are more obscure, like the time the U.S. military accidentally dropped three armed nuclear bombs on a small North Carolina town, or the 14-year-old girl who wrote to Abraham Lincoln and recommended facial hair to improve his candidacy with female voters. This day is hosted by Jody Avergon, formerly of 538, and historians Nicole Hemmer and Kelly Carter-Jackson. It's short, they have fun, and it may help you get through what feel like very history-making times. Find This Day in Esoteric Political History from Radiotopia wherever you get your podcasts or at thisdaypod.com. All right, Andrew. Yeah. We're talking Coney Island this week. I'm reminding everybody after the ads. We're, we're getting back into it. Yeah. little peek behind the curtain here. Um, you know, uh, Coney Island, not an island, but it used to be. What? Are you, is this real? What do you mean? How, that it's how, not an island? How did it stop being an island? Did they just fill it in with trash? Connected by landfill in, in, uh, in the early 20th century. Wow. They can just do that. Have you seen these things where they're like uh, proposing that we do that for like lower Manhattan, like for like a mile out each way or something? We just connected to Brooklyn. I mean, like I can see lower, like lower Manhattan is closer to my window that I'm looking out of than like most of Brooklyn is. Why shouldn't there just be a footpath from my apartment right to the World Trade Center? Made of, made of trash. Made of trash. I mean, everything's <laughs> made of trash. I mean, like, you walk down, we're pretty much walking on trash, and it's trash and rats all the way down around here. <laughs> Yesterday I was out on a walk. I saw a rat walked up to me, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. What? I mean, where, where's this rat's shame? Was this in the park? It was near the park, and this rat just walked okay. up to me at 3 p.m. Yeah, just a, a rat with a squirrel attitude. There's probably like a Pixar movie being made about this rat about oh, Jesus about just like a, a rat that grew up with squirrels. Uh, you know what? That's, That's gonna not, that Pixar movie isn't gonna happen because they already did a Pixar movie about a rat who can cook. Why make a Why make a movie about a rat oh, that's yeah. a squirrel when you can make a movie about a rat that can cook? He's a freaking Michelin star <laughs> chef at this point. Yeah, anyone can cook. Um, yeah, we're gonna see that, right? Like rats are gonna become just bolder and bolder they sent out that dang pizza rat to 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 endear us to oh yeah that's cute they like pizza but then it's gonna be like oh now you're gonna see a a, a rat on the subway reading the, the new york post and you're gonna be like oh you know tabloid rat that's hilarious well i mean what do you think um, the the main people using the trash bridge between my house and the world trade center is gonna be it's gonna be about 40 percent humans and 60 percent rats it's inevitable. I, I, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, I, I guess the disease-carrying nature of, of rats is 
a little concerning. Um, but other than that, who cares? They're <laughs> I don't know. They're they're fine. They're cute in their own way, right? Some of them eat pizza. Remember? Yeah, I I don't know. I've had some personal runs with rats that really turn me against turn me against rats. I used to have a rat problem in my house. The house the house mm-hmm. I the house I grew up in had a rat problem. I actually I never knew why we started having rats all of a sudden in my house. This is really gross. I, sh- I I'm sorry I'm going to ex- talk about this, but I was just talking to my dad about this. It's a gutter pro- podcast where <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah, we should just be talking about shooting the freak in the pickle. Uh, I was talking to my dad about the rat problem we had, how for several years in high school it was my job to dispose of the rats we caught in our house, which is like maybe not the run of the mill teen task to have, to be like, get the rats and kill them. But <laughs> I was talking to my dad about it, and my dad was like, well, you know, we, you know, of course, what caused our rat problem to start. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, you know, your, the rat problem didn't start until you were 15 or 16. He's like, that's when they tore down the old hospital. <laughs> and there'd been, a, there'd been a hospital in our neighborhood that they demolished to build a nice new hospital outside of town. And just like apparently every all the adults in the neighborhood agreed like, oh, apparently there's like a warren of rats who were in the hospital just like feeding on hospital detritus that when the hospital was demolished, just scattered, just scattered into the residential I neighborhood. I hope no one you knew ever uh, needed use of that hospital. Yeah. I, actually, my, my younger brother had surgery in it one of the last nights it was open. One of the last mm-hmm. nights it was open. We spent, uh, we rang in the new year. We rang, We were there as the ball dropped on, on uh, January mm-hmm. 1st, 1999. Michael was waking up from his appendectomy. Oh wow! They, blew, they it, blew the whole. They imploded the whole thing like two days later. Was it kind of like you, you ever see uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan? Was it kind of like the diner in that where all the rats are are, are working? You know, they're they're working the line cooks. You know, it's. Uh, I hadn't connected you know, the, the dots. I hadn't connected the dots, but now that I think of it, Michael's surgeon was a rat. Yeah, he's walking around with a, a, a lab yeah. coat and a clipboard. Ooh, and now that oh, now that I'm connecting the dots, I'm feeling pretty bad about killing all the rats in my basement. They're the ones who saved your brother's <laughs> life. That was the very rat that saved my brother's life. Doctor Teresitas was a rat. Should have stayed in the old hospital, if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, uh, frankly, the hospital administrator should have carefully moved all of the doctor rats from the hospital in residential Radford to the Montgomery County Hospital outside Radford. You know, if you're a hospital administrator, Dr. Teresitas is a top surgeon. Who cares that he's a rat? Yeah, have some sort of relocation program for him. Yeah. Linguini, Linguini started his new restaurant. He didn't you know, throw Remy the rat out into some Parisian neighborhood. He took Remy the rat with him to be a chef. Never saw the film. <laughs> Grosses me out. I'd never be able to eat in a, in a restaurant again. You thinking haven't that there seen might be a rat pulling out a, a boy's hair in the back. Damn. Ratatouille is really good. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate my position here, but like, it's just a beautiful movie. It's really good. And I know, I'm on I'm on I'm I'm on the record on this very podcast as being a cynic about movies. I I said I hated Force Gump, which is the least cynical movie of all time, but there's something just so pure and good about Ratatouille. 
Wow. Have me, have me back on when we do the, the after dark episode about Ratatouille. I'll talk right. about, I'll talk about my favorite shot, the extreme zoom on Anton Ego's face. It's just beautiful. I, I, uh, you know what? I think I probably saw it like half watched it when it came out. I was like, you can't walk this back the, to him. You can't walk this back. You that haven't was at seen the it. Time, it was at the time where it was like novel. It's like, whoa, Pat Oswalt was cast in like a mainstream movie. Um, I, yeah, that's that's wait. the angle I. Oh man, this whole time I thought it was a rat. No, no, no! It was an animated film. It was they used uh, uh, computers. Oh, oh! I know we're not supposed to talk computers. I knew it was animated, show. but I thought they got the voice of a rat to do the rat. But now that I'm stepping back and thinking about it, it does sound a lot like Patton Oswalt. Yes, comedian Patton Oswalt. Uh, oh, I'm not. They dressed him up as a rat. I'm going to rewatch it with this in mind that it's that it's voiced by human actors, and we'll, <laughs> you're going to we'll, come back to me. We'll revisit like, this after after I thought about it. Yeah, maybe you, you don't need to see the the film. I thought it's I thought crap. I thought they trained rats to do the voices. All right, so here's what I think of when I think of Coney Island. Okay, okay, and tell me if I'm missing anything from this list. Okay, um, and I'm omitting shoot the freak because it's it's over yeah uh amusement parks okay we talked about this hot dogs yeah hot dogs the hot dog eating contest the mermaid parade yeah the mermaid parade and single a baseball oh yeah single a baseball is there anything i'm missing um Oh, well, you said fried seafood. There's a There's lot a of fried seafood. Yeah, I guess I didn't boardwalk. think about the beach. I don't, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a beach snob, Andrew. I think another reason why um, I looked down on you and your brother, and now it's all coming out. I really, I really was upset with you guys, or it changed my <laughs> perception of you guys when you went. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's just like a, a, a beach that uh, I, Hey, go to Long Island if you, if you want to go to a nice beach. Go I, to Robert Moses Beach. I mean, it um, is a trash beach, and I don't mean that as like a metaphor or a simile. I mean that it is one of those beaches that as you're walking around, you think to yourself, like, I should have on shoes because there's right. some stuff in the sand that shouldn't be here. And Crabs. I, I need to be really, I need Crabs to be really careful pinch, about pinch, pinch. Yeah, no, 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 like like used con- used condoms and mm. sharp bottles and like it's I don't know why maybe it's because it has the reputation of not being a, that classy of a place that it's like a self fulfilling prophecy. I I don't know why I don't know if it's the proximity to the Q train. Maybe maybe there are untoward people in the Q train who like littering. But if you go out to the Rockways or you go out to Robert Moses Beach that you mentioned, they're much uh. You can feel confident walking around with your shoes off, I think. Yeah. I think it might just be the volume of people that, that visit. Yeah. The that Q, beach, the Q right? train is a really bit the Q train is a really busy train and it's right by Coney Island. Where the Rockways you can take the train, but it's kind of a hike. It's a longer ride. It's a longer walk from the train. <laughs> it's a, a higher barrier for in, about, for entry. The other thing about Coney Island, get on a train. You sit on the Q t- train for like four and a half hours, and then yeah. you get there, and it's just like an underwhelming place that, uh, you know, uh, it's a little scary. Is it a little scary there? Well, I mean, it's overbearing. I mean, There's just too much going on. I think it's it's overstimulation. I, we I mentioned the last it. scene of the Warriors. I mean, they 
film, The Last Scene of the Warriors, with Coney Allen for a reason, because it's so scary. There's so many weirdos out there. And I think, yeah. you know, in a kind of like, oh, we want to keep Coney Island weird way. Like, maybe it's not as weird anymore, but it's still kind of weird in a, in, a, in, a, in a scary way sometimes. I will say one other thing I think about when I think about Coney Island is I think about when I leave Coney Island, basically every time I go to Coney Island, one of the main things I'm thinking about is... In my opinion, three of the greatest pizza restaurants in the city of New York mm. are near Coney Island or on the way back to North Brooklyn, on the way back from Coney Island, that I would like never go to. They're just too far from my house. But when I'm going to Coney Island, I'm thinking about, okay, when I come home today, am I going to go to Totonos? Am I going to go to Ellen Bispomoni Gardens? Or am I going to go to DeForest? All places that are so far outside of my normal daily or weekly or monthly routine but like the one or two times a year I go to Coney Island, even if it's that much, I, I'm probably going to get pizza from one of those three places. I don't know if you can endorse or uh, I, deny I any of them. I hate to but. correct you. It's uh, pronounced Totino's. And, it's Totino's. Uh, it's, it's, pizza, it's, a, it's a pizza rolls place. Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> you got me. You got me. You. Uh, yes, the pizza roll factory. There's, yeah. a, there's a pizza roll factory there. And uh, they come right out of the microwave because, as all fans of Totino's knows, they're they're microwaved twice: once in the big factory microwave, and a second time in your home microwave. But you, at the factory, you can get them hot out of the microwave oven, the big one. Andrew, I don't yeah. want to take us on a tangent here, but yeah. uh, have you ever tried Totino? <laughs> have you? When's have you? When's the last time you've had? Have you ever had a Totino's pizza roll? I don't think I've ever had a Totino's pizza roll. Yeah. Well, first of all, get go head out to the supermarket yeah. post haste as soon as we're done okay. recording. Okay. Or maybe I'll just drop some off to you. That'd we're neighbors. Do you eat a lot of Totino's? No. Um. I ca- I can't have them in the house because I will eat a lot really? of them. Um. And guess what? What? Air frying. You air fry the oh, to- wow. Totino's and you pizza ups- rolls. You upsold me on an air fryer. You personally upsold me on an air fryer product. I hope. We're going to roll this right into an ad, but you probably are not going to, so I won't say the name of the product. Now, I will say I under, like, Totino's has such an outsized reputation. I don't want to overplug my podcast too much, but I just wrote a punch up for Punch Up the Jam, which featured Totino's in it. Even though I've never well, eaten at Totino's, I knew, so like, you know, it's cultural I know footprint. It's, yes, I know it's cultural footprint. And I was like, I need to depict a certain kind of person in this song. Oh, no. And is this a, a, a song that you were, a, a song dragging me? Yeah, it was, a, it was a song. The episode after you and Tom came on, we just wrote, a, a, we, we punched up the song Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> okay, cool. And I'm, it was, I'm And it was just about two privileged Brooklyn podcasters that were the sons of Long Island scions. And, uh, you know, just didn't even realize how fortunate they were not to be in the podcast trenches like us newbies were. Wow. And I, you know, I just said that one of them ate, liked to eat Totino's. I thought it was Tom, though. I didn't know you liked Totino's. I mean, I've, if I had to wager, I'd say Tom has probably eaten five times more Totino's pizza rolls in his lifetime yeah. than I have. And he's probably still doing um, the pepperoni, which is more of a classic. I don't trust meat in, uh, I mean, I, I'm a vegetarian, but I also just never trusted yeah. meat in freezer Aisle foods. Hot dogs, though. Yeah. When's the last time you ate a hot dog, Tim? Ooh, I eat, uh, 
I mean, I haven't eaten meat in a few years, but I'll eat a veggie dog. A veggie dog, and this is a frequent topic on the Complete Guide to Everything, Tom and I agree on something, that uh, veggie dogs are pretty much the same as hot dogs (laughs) for the hot dogs that that we eat. That's just not true. Um, That's so wrong. That's messed up. (laughs) And I want to say, even though Christine is a vegetarian and I'm not a vegetarian, when we take over this podcast, I think Christine and I will definitively agree that veggie dogs are not like meat dogs. And I just want to make that pledge and that promise to our future listeners. I see what you're doing here, and I respect <laughs> it, but I don't like it. You know, I I was in the state of Montana this last summer. I know this seems okay. like it's a far way away from Coney Island, but you were at Coney's compound. I wish. Was I, it? I, I wish I was. No, that's in Wyoming. Yeah, you're right. It was in Wyoming. So I was I in Montana, and a friend uh, recommended that I would go to the specific drive-through, like a drive-in kind of like restaurant. You know, super American, like. You're driving through a window, like kind of like a McDonald's drive-through. But then, like when you drive through, you're going to like parking in this back parking lot, and they're bringing your food out to you. You can eat in your car. You can eat on this like nice grassy knoll they had. It was like Love the it. most like picket fancy Americany dining experience I've ever had. Casey and I, my wife and I, actually went back because it ruled so much. We really want. They also served a twelve-piece oyster dinner which you, I don't usually associate with <laughs> burger with burger joints. And I really right. ordered the 12 piece oyster dinner, but I wasn't brave enough. But what really killed me is at the top of the menu, which is a really, like I said, much more expansive menu than you'd expect all the seafood on. I mean, I guess Montana is close to the ocean, sort of in Western Montana, mm. but there's this huge sign up that was like, we are no longer serving Nathan's hot dogs as their 12 inch dogs are now only 10 inches. Like we will only serve a 12 inch dog. So now we are ordered like serving Oscar Meyer 12 inch dogs. And like, let me tell you whoever wrote that unhinged, but a, a true sign that I appreciated Tim. I, I think I have them on my side that a 12 inch dog would not say take would not taste the same as a 12-inch veggie dog. Sure. I uh, Look, people are freaking hot dog freaks, and we know this. People are like, ooh, <laughs> never, uh, ketchup will never touch my hot dog. You never put ketchup on a hot dog. And they're like, <laughs> they want to fight you about it and stuff. It's like, look, hot dogs, gross meat yeah. packaged in a tube that you're supposed to just pile on the fixins. They're yeah. fixins delivery mechanism, right? Yeah. yeah, my ketchup on my hot dog ain't going in your mouth, Buster. Exactly. So get off my ass about my <laughs> hot dog preferences. Yeah, shut your hot dog hole, as they say in Coney shut Island. your dang hot dog hole. Yeah, that's 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 one of the, the main phrases down there. Yeah. Um, so many novelty t-shirts, that's, shut well, your dang hot dog hole. That's what they say when the whistle blows at the end of the uh, Nathan's hot dog contest is contestants shut your hot dog hole because <laughs> the time is up that's what you gotta do uh <laughs> shut your dang hot dog hole um would you ever participate in uh hot dog eating contest not I've, maybe not the nathan's one maybe not going up against joey chestnut himself absolutely not there's no way i would ever do even an amateur hot dog eating contest against my friends like I, and Why? I and I like I think in like a long relaxed barbecue, I might even eat as many as three hot dogs. Which like I, I understand some people would look down their nose at me for eating three hot dogs, but like 
once I have three hot dogs, I'm not going to try to push it to four, five, ten, just for just for sport. But what if you what if you win? If you do that, well, what am I winning? You win the the contest, the hot dog eating contest. No, no, I, I don't want to win that. I don't. I, that's... Can I propose? I have an alternative that I'd like to do this uh, this Fourth of July. If you're if you're so willing, okay. if one of us um, gets a backyard by then, and we could have a backyard barbecue, and okay. after our plunge, keep in mind you'll be feeling like a million bucks after, after a the plunge, plunge, right? Um, I'll be flush so with adrenaline. Kind of a slow hot dog eating contest, like a slow doggy, and basically we got a lot of hot dogs out there. And people just kind of eat them at their leisure throughout the day. Okay. And we just keep a tally. And whoever eats the most before everyone goes to bed wins. This is the same as the other one. It's the same. It's just no, a marathon instead the, of a sprint. And they're both, yeah, bad. But they're the, both bad. Well, no, because like, I think our group of friends, you know, Joey Chestnut, mm. how, how many How many does he uh, eat? He eats like 175 hot dogs in whatever, five minutes. This is the same kind of You're just making it worse. Fresh, you're making it worse because Joey Chestnut barfs after 10 minutes. I have to eat all day. Also, I think it's necessarily unfair to put the meat eaters in competition with the veggie eaters. I think even as I'm eating the meat dog, I have to... <laughs> meat dog sounds so gross. <laughs> I have to admit that the, the veggie dog is certainly a wiser, more health-conscious choice for the likes of you and Christine. So- and enter the veggie division. There's going to be two divisions, Andrew. I guess I could enter the veggie division, but I just don't want to enter any division. I, yeah, I, I'm out. I'm out, man. Mm. There will be just a buns only. If you Are you interested in eating like you know, 50, 60 hot dog buns throughout the day? Do I get to dip it in water like Joey Chestnut does? They always dip you their buns to. in water. Yeah, you got to. Why do they That's do the, that? That's just more stuff to go in your stomach. I guess it's just... They go down quicker. It's just, all that speed. They just drip down, drip down the gullet instead of getting the, clogged up the airy, airy, jaggy bread. This is my problem with all competitions. They shouldn't be timed. You ever watch an episode of Chopped and you're just like, give these guys enough time <laughs> to, to make a proper meal? I guess with a chef show, I don't know. I mean, like, would you feel that way as a restaurant customer? If you went and ordered and they were like, yeah, we this could take hours, man. Give us some time <laughs> to make a proper meal. I feel I like mean, restaurant it, dining it, is it, something that patrons <laughs> have a have an expectation that their meal will arrive in a given period of time. So I feel like it's reasonable to expect the chopped contestants to have to do so. At a restaurant, I'm ordering from the menu. Presumably they know what they're going to make and they've made it before. Like, I'm not going in there and be like, hmm, yeah, I'll have something made with Mm. a can of sardines, a kumquat, a piece of birthday cake. The other advantage of being a restaurant chef is, if need be, you're not sure about the recipe you can keep a rat in your hat to steer you with your hair hey this is a question <laughs> yeah. how the remy the rat is controlling that that boy in the back he, right? hold, the, he, holds, the chef? His, he holds his hair he pulls he yeah, pulls it. how how quickly did he work was there was it was he noticeably slower than well a man without who wasn't being puppeted by a rat there's a there's a training montage there's a training montage where they practice practice the art of being steered by a rat and also there's a lot of great physical comedy where he he's you know not really in his body the right way because he's being steered mm. by a rat 
gotta see this movie. It's really, it's really good. Um, amusement parks. Um, at one point there were three, um, uh, competing amusement parks. There, the Steeplechase Park, which is the most uh, iconic one that, that started in 1897 and closed okay. in 1964. Um, probably driven out of business by the World's Fair. Oh, I was going to um, say by Fred Trump. Well, that too. I mean, he 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 demolished some stuff that was supposed to be landmarked from there. Um, and then Luna Park and Dreamland were both uh, Luna Park, like closed in 1944, and Dreamland was burned brightly from 1904 to 1911. But the thing is, both Luna Park and Dreamland they were both destroyed by fires. Um, <laughs> Steeplechase Park. Uh, went on fire several times. Was almost. I think it finally in 1964, like you know, the writing was on the wall, and then it got on fire. I think most of these fires were insurance fraud, probably. Right? I don't know. 1905. Frankly, what are the roller coasters running on? They're probably steam powered. There's a carny in the back of your roller coaster shoveling hot coal into your into your train. It's probably coal fires. They just burn it down because it's a steam-powered roller coaster. Yeah, that is how what roller coasters used to work. Uh, <laughs> be a guy just covered in soot there. Feeling all yeah. bored. Yes, that's why it still feels scary to be at the top of the Ferris wheel. It's the basic human instinct to know that a carnage could be shoveling coal under the bottom of the Ferris wheel. Hot burning coals. How do you feel about Ferris? Do you like Ferris wheels? Do you find them to be romantic? 100%, absolutely. Really? Yeah. They they're great. The only problem with Ferris wheels for me is that when you pay for a Ferris wheel and get onto the Ferris wheel, it's unclear to me what the exchange of goods for services is. When I get on a roller coaster, there's a general understanding that everyone has. I'm going to get on the roller coaster. I'm going to go around once, and I'm done. You're going to pull the lever. Yeah. yeah. I either have to go get in the back of the line again. I have to pay again if it's like a one weird thing about Coney Island is a, a lot of the rides are still pay per ride, which is a very antiquated thing in the United States. Usually you just pay to go into a, a park for the whole day. But like if you want to ride the Cyclone three times in a row, you got to lay down, I don't know, $10, $20 each time. But when you get on a Ferris wheel, is, is the carny going to stop you after you've gone around once, twice, three times, four times, ten times? Carney's choice. You, It's the carny's choice. And that element of suspense makes it harder for me to enjoy the Ferris wheel. I love the Ferris wheel while I'm on, but even when I'm like three quarters of the way through the first one, I'm like, oh, is he going to pull the lever for me? And he even like pulls the lever for the person next to you. Like, I don't I don't know when they got in. They could have gone around eight times. They could have gone around 10 times. They, there should be some sort of ticketing system where like you have a number on your cart. Every time you come around, the carny switching the number. So you know exactly how much time you have left on the Ferris wheel, how much time you, you have left to suspend your realities and and just have a romantic moment with your loved ones. Hmm. I feel like that's the one appealing thing to me that you don't know. You're rolling the dice. Hmm. You might be trapped on there, right? Like that. I mean, that's, that's the scary thing. I'm afraid the car needs never going to let me out. (laughs) (laughs) You stop it. I'm going to be at the, at the apex. Uh, I'm going to be at the top. And uh, freaking uh, Carney shuts it down and goes home for the night. He doesn't care. He goes out and grabs a drink with the freaks. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're all laughing at old Timmy stranded up there till till morning. Have you ever gotten stuck on an amusement park ride? Um, no, I don't think. I mean, 
I think there have been ones in Disney World where it, like, stops for a minute, but I've never, like, like that's, like, a dark ride. Never, like, a thrill ride. Have you? Are you no, an amusement park guy? No, I have, I have no idea why I asked that question. Who has ever been stuck on an amusement park ride? Basically, nobody. It's unreasonable for me to have asked. I went to some amusement parks as a kid, but I, I grew up in kind of a rural part of Virginia that is not near... I would say the premier parks of our nation. You know, when you think about the premier parks of our nation, you think about Disneyland, you think about Disney World, the Six Flags franchise, and like the closest park to me is a park that I would bank that you've never heard of. Would cross state lines, drive down to North Carolina. There's a small park in Western North Carolina called Carowinds. Who's heard of Carowinds? Carowinds sounds like like a supermarket. Carowinds. I think it's owned by Paramount because Hmm. my favorite ride there was a Wayne's World themed ride. <gasps> that was the that was the place. I've I've I do know about this. Have you place. been have you been there? I haven't. I I asked my, I was a, I was a hardcore theme park kid when I was uh, no. I mean I mean I was an enthusiast. Like okay. my parents wouldn't take me to them very often. Nobody in my family shared my enthusiasm for for roller coasters. This is so sad. And also, no one in my family really shared my enthusiasm for Wayne's World, um, and I was a, a Wayne's World fanatic as well. Yeah. So this was, this was. Uh, so you heard about marriage. you heard about the Hurler? That's the name of the ride, the Hurler. Yeah, I thought it was in. Is there? Was it also called King's Dominion? Is that there was something? a King's Dominion that was also owned by Paramount? I think. There might have been two hurlers. There might have been a hurler at Carowinds okay. and a hurler at King's Dominion. King's Dominion is outside Richmond. So it'd be a much more likely destination for a New Yorker. You could get in a car and get to Richmond in six or seven hours, while Carowinds would be more of like a 10 or 12 hour drive, maybe. Got it. Um, I forgot that there was- We should have gone there. I bet the lines were shorter. Oh, yeah. There's no- For the hurdler. Also, also barely any rides. Now, I will say Carowinds the most, as a like sixth grade devotee of Wayne's World, much like yourself, I mean- when you saw this, this was so cool. And then you're like, I'm not going to go in there. Why, why does this matter? Right next to the hurler was a restaurant built to be a replica of Stan Ditka's. <laughs> <laughs> the it was a whole theme park yes. area? There's a whole theme park area that was like Wayne's World. And Truly like next, was Wayne's World. And next to the hurler, it was just like, oh, there's like the place where Al Bundy says that he wants to murder a guy and watch the steam come out of his body. As it Hell bleeds yeah. to death, which is very funny to me as a sixth grader. I, I hadn't rewatched that movie in years until actually just last week. It was free on YouTube. I rewatched it and it slaps. It is It is a fantastic it movie. Is yeah. So there were like so many bits that I knew were coming and were funnier than I expected them to be. And there were also so many bits that I'd totally forgotten, but were so funny and I was like, oh, that like the bit where his girlfriend runs her bike into the car, like that sudden <laughs> Visual gag, mm-hmm. like I was at a sleepover where we watched that maybe fifty times in a row, and I've never laughed harder in my life. Although, honestly, the weirdest wake up call, and I called my brothers about this because this was like this kind of shook me to my core. You know, I, I've lived in New York City for fifteen years now, but you know, the town I grew up in is less than less than fifteen thousand people live there. You know, there's a, a decent sized college there, seven or eight thousand people, but it's a small it's a small town, <laughs> and all of the visual cues at the beginning of Wayne's World that I'm watching two weeks ago. All of them, like the whole first 10 or 15 minutes of the movie is like kind of doing a lot of like behind the curtains legwork to show like these guys live in the most podunk town. 
Like when they go into right. Chicago, they're really impressed. They're impressed by Rob Lowe and a skyscraper. Look at this podunk little suburb, Aurora, Illinois, they live in. Can you believe this small world they live in? And as an 11-year-old watching that movie, my takeaway was like, whoa, these guys live in a big <laughs> city. <laughs> and it really made a lot of big time yes and it really made a lot of the comedy with rob Lowe, like like t- pulling one over on them make a lot more sense that these guys were supposed to be rubes but as a rube that was even rubier than them maybe even all the way to a hayseed i as a hayseed looked at these rubes as being city boys were you chewing on a piece of wheat while you were watching the film I, um, over the fence of a drive-in movie theater. <laughs> I, not Wayne's World, but there was a there was a drive-in movie theater outside town that I would go watch movies at. Yes. Well, Andrew, um, I think we've pretty much covered all there is to cover about Coney Island. I yeah. think we've done Christine Proud. Halfway through, I thought we were falling on the job because we had not gotten to the Totino's Pizza Roll Factory. Which makes oh, yeah. all of the pizza rolls in the world, but I'm glad you brought it back around to that. Thanks. Uh, I mean, it's what Coney Island is known for. Um, Totino's Pizza Roll, uh, Coney Island treat, says it right there on the package. <laughs> and you know what? If if you buy the 12 inches, there's still 12 inches to this day. A 12 inch pizza roll. <laughs> That'd kill a man. <laughs> Wouldn't fit in my air fryer, that's for goddamn sure. Uh, if you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. Um, you can follow us on things. I don't know the plugs. Tom does the plugs every week. I'll have mm-hmm. to drop them in here. I will drop the plugs in here. Christine, learn the plugs if you're listening. I'm not going to do the plugs. You are. I mean, if you're going to take Tom's role, you're going to have to learn the plugs. That's I that's, fill, that's I, his main job. That's that's why Tom's still on the show. To be to, I can't to be fill frank. those generously sized shoes. Um, I think we're uh, at Complete Guide on Twitter at TCGTE on Instagram. There's a Reddit, uh, Reddit slash dot com slash r slash TCGTE. I think. Um, join the go to the Discord. Um, that's great. Um, and also. Um, Become a patron on Patreon, patreon.com slash complete guide. Um, you get weekly episodes of Books, the podcast. This week, you get a special bonus solo episode of me answering listener questions. I did it this morning um, as I drank coffee in my in my kitchen while holding my baby, which is why, Andrew, I knew that if we had recorded this while I was holding a baby <laughs> in my lap, it would be pure chaos. Oh, God. Um, Thank you, Andrew Gregory, for stepping in ably into Tom's enormous shoes yeah. um, this week. Uh, anything you'd like to plug? I bet I know what it is. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say I look forward to hosting this podcast in the future. Okay. And I'm glad you Shouldn't had you this me on to uh, introduce me to all these nice people. I know it might take a while for me to grow on you, nice but I know you already like Christine. Um, and so she's going to help me take over the podcast. But until then, just go go look up Punch Up the Jam. It's a it's a great podcast where my brother and I, Evan, we listen to a song every week, and then we make a better version of it, uh, which is a challenge. But we're up to it with you with you and Tom. Tim, we did Olivia Rodrigo's Deja Vu. I think you guys were excited to talk about a pop song, 
And then you realize we only had you in because Olivia Rodrigo in the song keeps talking about how much she loves Billy Joel, which made no sense to me and Evan. And we needed to get to the bottom of it with you and Tom. Well, I'm glad we did. Um, I can, hey, I can vouch for Punch Up the Jam, a really uh, fantastic show. It's hilarious. It's interesting. You have amazing guests. And Tim, you guys are amazing podcast hosts. You're just off your paternity leave. I, we haven't talked about this. I'm about to go on my paternity leave. I'm about to have my very first kid. I'm very excited. Would you consider, would you consider in the next two or three months going on and, and guest hosting an episode with Evan? A punch up the jam i would love to okay um yeah no Great. uh and and maybe i can you know rest control of punch up the jam from andrew and evan it'd be pretty yeah real switcher it would be really great for me if in a year me and christine were hosting this podcast and you and tom were hosting me and evan's podcast be Where's Evan in all of this, though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. I guess somebody has to write the songs. You know, it'd be, you know, it'd be great. Okay, Christine somehow um, pulls some Machiavellian stuff, and uh, the complete guide becomes Andrew and Christine, and Punch Up the Jam becomes Tim and Christine, <laughs> and suddenly she's a Evan goddamn podcast mogul yeah and evan and yeah. tom will just well it's be because like, oh, she, yeah. it's because she's so chatty we're free she's so chatty that she could she can pull it off i couldn't yeah we'd have to do you'd have to punch up dolly parton songs every actually no she'd be like that's unpunchable she'd get really mad if you tried to punch up a dolly parton song yeah. really, like, really this mad. week we're doing jolene and then she's like we listen to it and she's just like well that's it we'll just keep it the same this week yeah yeah well, maybe make uh, Dolly's vocals a little louder. That's a great life hack for me if I ever get behind and Evan and I don't have time to write a song a week. Yeah. Just be like, hmm, Couldn't do good. it. It's good as it is. Yeah, well, well, we tried to do it this week, but we gave up, guys. You can put one of those like <laughs> late 90s drum loops behind anything. That'll really jazz it up. Well, I... Just be like, eh. <laughs> Or alternately, what's that weird song from the late 90s, Tim? The one that's like... Yeah. You know that song? Um, Collective Souls Shine. Well, I mean, Dolly Parton did cover that. So the other thing you could do... You can put a 90s drum loop on anything. The other thing you can do is have Dolly Parton cover anything. Maybe Punch Up the Jam starring Tim and Dolly. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for having me on, Tim. It uh, It was a pleasure and it was an honor. Thank you for 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 doing this. Really, um, it was uh, it's it's much appreciated, um, and uh, it's an honor to host a podcast with you. Same. I do want to say Dolly Parton preemptively put out a statement saying that she does not want to be considered to host Punch Up the Jam with me. <laughs> <laughs> she respectfully declines. I'm sorry for your loss, Tom. All right, thanks, Andrew. We will see. Uh, I guess you and Christine next week on the all new. Complete Guide to Everything, Happy Hour, starring Andrew and Christine. I don't know. You'll probably retitle it or something. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, the only thing that's important to me is that we get the um, like the 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 bank ACH payment changed. I just want to make sure that me and Christine aren't hosting it, but all the money isn't still going to you and Tom. I want to get the money. Yeah, that's too. fine. That's fine. Okay. I'll, send, I'll send all okay. that to you. I just wanted, I wanted to make that clear because I hadn't made that. I, I, I didn't want you to think that I was doing this as a favor to you to earn you money with our hard work. No, we're no, gonna no. Take, We're going to take your work. We're going to take your fanship and we're going to take your money. Andrew, you will be gobsmacked uh, by the amount of money that, that, that will be coming. Um, 
with that, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.